0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Below the bell.
1: Hello, welcome back to Below the Belt, uh, a special, I say a special, but just more regular (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Uh, So it's great to have you back with us so soon after the last one. Um, Cal and I are here together today, just the two of us, um, to talk about uh, a documentary that we were very kindly given a a sneak preview, a sneak screening of, um, on Tommy the Duke Morrison. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was from ESPN for part of their 30 for 30 uh, collection Um, and we've seen it, we're going to have a a chat about it, a chat about Tommy and the times that he was boxing in, the times he was living in also as well because um, they're extremely interesting and and the documentary itself is is fascinating, it really is. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about that, we've got uh, a new feature coming up to, to share with you which is exciting. And, um, and we'll, whilst we're here, we will cover a few bits of the news bits that's gone on, um, and what we've got coming up in the next, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then we'll go from there. So, Cal, let's, let's go straight into it. I mean, yeah. um, Tommy the Duke Morrison, like I said, we were very kindly given a sneak peek by ASPN. And um, I had very limited knowledge of, 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 of Tommy. Yeah. Uh, it's slightly before my time, mm-hmm. um, as as I'm sure you all know now. You know, I, I came to boxing quite late in in my life, so I'm always kind of catching up when it comes to history and yeah. um, and stuff that shaped the game that as we know it now. Um, didn't know an, an awful lot about him. You know, how how for you in terms of in terms of knowledge straight off the bat i mean for um, those that don't know tommy was in was in rocky five and was one of the stars of rocky five so i knew him yeah but didn't know of all yeah. of the background that you'll see when you watch the documentary so how did
2: how would you remember the first time you came across tommy and, um, and what you I, th- I think p- other than rocky five like you mentioned there i think probably the it probably came from like you were saying just then about when i when i was a relatively new boxing fan and i was just getting into it my way of of you know, I, I'm a geek. So when when I first really started getting into boxing, I would watch every documentary. I would read the boxing encyclopedia. I would read books. And yeah, you I, are a geek. You? I was a proper proper. I'm not. I I'm not so much now. Um, but you know, I still do a lot of reading and still watch a lot of documentaries. So I knew of him probably because of Lennox, because mm-hmm. Lennox Lewis is my favorite fight. I knew of him because I knew he'd fought him there. But Morrison was a relatively famous fighter. So that was how I knew about him was Rocky Five? the fact that he fought Lennox and just coming across him just from studying things, okay. you know, just from reading and studying stuff, you know? So,
1: you know, for those who have not heard of, of, of Tommy, the Duke Morrison, um, he was a, he was a, an American heavyweight, a kind of that kind of typical all American, yeah. um, all star, you know, yeah. real badass, yeah. um, blonde hair, blonde hair, blue good-looking. eyes, good looking, yeah. Yeah. Um, who was a heavyweight fighter coming out of, of Kansas city, Missouri, um, was actually born in Arkansas in a small town there. And, and basically came from a very long line of, 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 of boxers, um, with relative, relatively different success. He was the sixth generation, um, of fighters on his father's side. Uh, and he, you was bent into it very young. He had a pair of boxing uh, boxing gloves tattooed on his arm at the age of ten. Ten
2: years by old by his mum. Yeah, like Can you
1: imagine getting tattooed I by know, your mum. What I would your know. mum tattoo on your arm if oh you gave her choice?
2: Her face, probably. <laughs> my mum would just say, "You love mummy, <laughs> the most beautiful mummy." She would t- tattoo her own face on me. I think. I think my mum would say,
1: "Be careful." <laughs> <laughs> What starts and ends every conversation I speak to her about these things? Um, so like I said, he, he was he was built into this into this boxing family, yeah. Um, and like I said, was a heavyweight that became hit a bit of fame when when he was actually cast in uh Rocky Five, yeah. Um, so without going too much into the documentary because obviously we want you to enjoy it off your own, yeah, um, off your own back, but um, he was spotted by uh, uh, Frank. Uh, Stallone. Yep. Yep. Yes. It is Frank, James. isn't it? Um, You're right. Yeah. yeah. So Frank Stallone, who who saw who saw him on on one of ESPN's yeah. fight nights. Yeah. So um, in those days, as it, it seems, you know, heavyweights were fighting a, a lot more regularly. I think I think Tommy had 19 fights that year with yeah. uh, on ESPN and, and was seen there, uh, got recorded over to, to Sly Stallone, obviously, and, and and that's kind of where it started. So that's the basis of where it is. But the story really with with Tommy Morrison is is kind of everything that happened outside the ring yeah. um, and what effect that hit had on him inside so um obviously he he, he came to at Rocky Five. he had a world he managed to get his first uh, kind of world title shot yeah. uh, against uh, Ray Mercer yeah uh, yes. so what
2: can you tell us about So Ray Mercer was uh was the Olympic gold medalist and so because he he won the gold medal and but he wasn't given the same sort of um the same sort of push that that Tommy Morrison was Probably, to be blunt, because he didn't look like Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sad to say, but that sort of thing plays a big part in American boxing and American culture. Um, he didn't get that, that push that Tommy did, but he absolutely had the pedigree. Uh, and it was the fight to see if Morrison was the real deal. I think the fight was very much about Morrison and not so much about Mercer. Everyone, It was all lined up for Morrison to win. Um, and it was... It was, it was almost almost like a David Price kind of moment mm-hmm. where, where he gassed. He gassed mm-hmm. after about five rounds and then Ray Mercer took him out. <laughs> the good thing about this documentary is all those things you forgot about his career or didn't already know about his career, it fills the gaps in for you. Yeah. I completely forgot that he beat George Foreman. I completely, yeah. uh, completely forgot that he ends up beating George Foreman. Uh, this was at a time where the WBO was a relatively new sanction. Yeah, body. Yeah,
1: talk to us about the heavyweight division at that time, because so this, was, so this was this was the you know through yeah. the eighties, you know, heavyweight division was 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 particularly in America was yeah. probably as best it's you know best yeah. it's ever been. Yeah, so arguably. it was late.
2: Like, it was this when he came to. Came to, at his peak, it was when, post-Tyson's defeat to Buster Douglas. Yeah. And then you had Evander Holyfield as the champion. Him and Riddick Bowe were swapping fights, and Riddick Bowe was champion, but Riddick Bowe had a lot of discipline problems. And then you had Evander Holyfield, as a great champion, but just not as charismatic or exciting as a Mike Tyson or a Tommy Morrison. So I think... The powers that be were looking for the next exciting champion, the next Mike Tyson, and people were hoping that it was going to be Tommy Morrison.
1: And it didn't hurt the fact that, as we said before, blonde hair, blue eyes been in a film very yeah. marketable so there was almost like this whole they talk a lot in the documentary about the kind of great white hope don't yes. they with with, with yes. tommy morrison in terms of obviously the heavyweight division being dominated by you know african-americans at that yeah. time and um and you know they hadn't that was something that got pinned on him in from certain yeah. you know areas of, of the culture and 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 that type of thing and um, so like I said it probably didn't help didn't hurt but the fact he looked the way he it's, looked. Uh... But he had a very entertaining style, didn't he? I yeah, mean again was... I'd not seen a
2: huge amount of them, no. but you know, extremely very... fast hands. Yep. Very fast hands for a heavyweight. Uh, looks great and shape. yeah. He looks yeah. great, you know, looked more like, like an Anthony athlete. Joshua yeah.
1: than you know, than some or, or maybe a Deontay Wilder rather than not quite yeah. as rather big than a Tyson Fury
2: or a yeah. Ortiz. Exactly, or, yeah. Looks you
1: know. looks the part. He looks as well. like an
2: athlete. Yeah. He's got fast hands underrated boxing ability and a fantastic left hook and he could bang and he and his knockouts were highlight real knockouts every single time could you
1: compare it to obviously not in terms of in terms of perhaps now but almost if you know, an anthony joshua of the american yeah. 80s heavyweight scene you know in the in
2: the type of following that he got as a knockout artist was that fair yeah i think that's fair i think that's i think that's fair yeah he had he had the push mm-hmm. and that's what anthony joshua had he had the push as well he absolutely had the push and uh S- saying um, what we were saying before about about race and stuff it's it, the Great White Hope thing is something that's been banded around since the early of 20th century when mm-hmm. Jack Johnson was champion they didn't want Jack Johnson to be champion and they really wanted Jim Jeffries to come back and, and take the title back from mm-hmm. Jack Johnson and that's where the term Great White Hope comes from comes from someone to beat Jack Johnson who's one of my all time favourite fighters mm-hmm. um, and and then Jerry Cooney came along Jerry Cooney was the great white hope as well and there's it's a tag that was leveled at fighters for a long long time mm-hmm. uh, and and it was great white hope or great white dope as they mentioned yes. in, the, in the documentary and uh it's uh, it's something that it seems to be very very important in America um, not so much over here thankfully no.
1: yeah um so you were talking about that that heavyweight scene at that time mm-hmm. um, so he had uh, an opportunity as we said against against Ray Mercer and and uh, and it, it didn't happen for him um, mm-hmm. and kind of had to stop and start and um, and, and kind of rebuild. Um, and I think the the kind of the story that you get through uh, through the documentary, I think, in terms of um, in terms of Tommy as a, as a boxer mm-hmm. um, and his boxing career is a constant peaks and trough uh, yeah. type of story. I mean, it's 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 about. Wanting to learn lessons, then you know, and going, yeah, I've learned these lessons. This yeah, is what I'm yeah, going to yeah. do. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to do that differently. Um, a different setback would before him was like, right, okay, I'm going to start, get my head together, and, and yeah. start again. Because um, part of part of the achievement for um, for the team around Tommy as he started to get bigger was 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 just getting him to the ring. Yeah. So Tony Holden, who was his promoter for for, for the entirety of his of his career, um, you know, said it's. Yeah, Getting him in the ring, you know, before the fight was was the relief. That was The challenge, was yeah, something? that was the fight. The challenge just to get him there because yeah, was, yeah. he'd become, you know, uh, everything that can affect a young, good-looking lad who's a rock, you know, like a rock, a movie yeah, star, yeah, yeah. rock star, um, right, right, yeah. and uh, you know, being before, you know, we all know the things it is, yeah, you know, drink, money, oh, girls, yeah. you know, and this is the type of stuff that 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 Tommy Venn started to become embroiled in. in, in so uh, without going into detail, obviously, because again, we we want you to be able to watch it and, and enjoy it for yourself. Um, I'm sure you can probably guess at what that type of thing comes in at at 21. Um, can I want you to talk, talk about is, as a wider effect in terms of boxing and what I think this documentary highlights with the with the outside kind of influences that ended up that ended up affecting Tommy. It ended up costing
2: him his life. Yeah, I exactly. Um,
1: do, do, is this is this something that
2: boxing is more prevalent in boxing than perhaps any other sport? It is. It's it's lately I've been thinking about this a lot more because. Um, like people like Adrian Broner and you see, you know, Adrian Broner and in, in boxing, boxing has always, has always attracted people from the, from the inner cities, from the working class. um, And it always seems to be the same pattern. People, they have a success, they work really hard, they get success, they get money, and then they they go off the tracks. And it's because, and the same lines always tried out is that they were never taught how to have money. Mm -hmm. They never had anybody around them. And I was, I've thinking about this more and more lately just because of Adrian Broner and people like that and it's like there is so many cases of this type of thing happening to fighters that current fighters don't learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. It's something that really frustrates me. It's not like these guys don't know what happened to a Tommy Morrison, yeah. to a Ray Robinson, to people that have had money and then mm-hmm. a uh, Joe Lewis, people that have had money ended up skinned. Roy Jones, Roy Jones mm-hmm. ended up skinned, you know, there's so many there's so many different different tales of boxers that have had it all and then lost it all but none of them learn the lesson or at least not, at least the majority of them don't these people that become stars yeah
1: i mean they had and, and that, again in in the film it's talked about by you know you know, the, the, the people that were around him and you know yeah. there would be times where you know look they would they would have local in the areas that he was training in and living in at the time were local kind of there was an area of town that was you know for the bars and for the drinking and you know, they would get calls at you know two, three in the morning and say, "Look, you need to come and get your boy because yeah. he's passed out on the floor." You know, before the media gets any sniff of this or 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 anything like that, and yeah. um and that's you know, you'd get you you'd you'd have him, you'd have Tommy, you know, react to those, and the next morning saying, "Look, yeah, I am gonna sort something out." You know, I am gonna I am gonna change, I am gonna turn this all around, and, yeah. and then the next two days later, you know, it's the same phone call. So, do you think? You know, and his promoters and his managers and stuff were talking about it. Do you think there's a responsibility on promoters and people that are managing boxers who are not are not like normal people? Yeah, they're not. You know, like... do you think there's a responsibility of? I, I know Eddie Hearn has talked about it in the past. It's something that he'd like to do in
2: terms of. Of making sure that there is a like a pension scheme, yeah, you know, so essentially, yeah. is that something that is a responsibility that should come? I from... think so. I think it's 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 interesting because did you watch the Counterpunch documentary? Uh, I haven't yet, but yeah. I, it's on my list. Yeah. I watched that last week on Netflix, and uh, and uh, it was there was a young fighter, and he was like two zero or something. He mm-hmm. was now a Heyman fighter, so he's obviously getting paid okay, but he was having to get like pocket money from his trainer, right? And it, and and it made me feel like a little... Oh, hold on a minute.
1: I've I got confused. Counterpunch is the guy with the guy that keeps going through the Golden Gloves, stays amateur. for a long time. I have yeah, seen it, of course I have. Yeah, yeah. and then
2: there's the young kid, Little B-Hop. Yeah, just gets signed by Al. He gets sign- yeah. get signed by Al Heyman and he's getting like pocket money from the trainer. It's a great watch, by the way. You should, you should really watch yeah. it. It's fascinating, yeah. Yeah, it did, you know, boiled my piss a little bit, some of it. But yeah. it was a good watch overall, you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was getting like pocket money from his trainer and... I felt mixed about it. I was like, okay, that's sensible, so he doesn't spend it all, because he was like, oh, I need to buy some sneakers. He mm-hmm. was like, for who? Yeah. And it was like, oh, and he wouldn't say. So it was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is sensible, but at the same time, that's his money. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with promoters and managers as well, it's important to remember that a promoter works for the fighter. Mm-hmm. That's how it should be anyway. A promoter should work for a fighter. I'm paying you a part of my purse to promote me and promote mm-hmm. my fight. Same as a manager. I'm paying you a chunk of my purse. So really, the boxer. You want boxers to have control, mm-hmm. especially at elite level, but I think I do think that there is a place for, especially in the early years, mm. bef- perhaps before world title, as some sort of okay. So rather, saving scheme or something. Yeah. So rather
1: than coming from promoters, perhaps it could be a central body. You know, for, yeah. if you're licensed with the British Boxing Board of Control, like the for example. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, yeah, it's interesting because it's there is something as, as you're watching the story, you're thinking. Why isn't someone stopping him? And obviously they were trying and trying yeah. to get, you know, as he became more involved with with drink and um, and, yeah. with, um, and with and with women and that side of things. And and obviously, uh, and and uh, his lifestyle is is arguably what what led him down the path and eventually, uh, you know, ended up with with the situation where he where he was um, diagnosed as HIV positive. Yeah. Um, diagnosed before. A as a medical part of the medical before a fight against um who was the fight meant to be against Uh, It was stormy weathers yes stormy weathers yes 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 um uh and and then he had to have that devastating news broken to him you know on the eve of of a a huge fight which obviously then couldn't take place yeah i
2: think the idea was he was to fight stormy weathers and if he wins because he just signed with don king Mm -hmm. and then the fight the idea was to get him to tyson Mm -hmm. And that that fight would have been massive money yeah. for the time for the for the mid nineties. That would have been an absolutely monster fight, mm-hmm. and you know he cost. You know you see throughout the throughout the documentary where he gets himself to a to a point, and then he blows it, mm-hmm. and that was the final time where he would got himself to a point where he could be where he could be something or make a shitload of money mm-hmm. and he ends up not happening. Um, and it was him getting HIV was during a time. It was in the early nineties when not a lot was known about it. No. And th- there was a real ignorance about it back then. And there was a, there's actually a quote on the documentary about where somebody says, I wouldn't box Tommy Morrison. I wouldn't play basketball with magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. Magic, you know, basketball is a non-contact sport. You can't, mm-hmm. you can play magic Johnson at basketball. It's fine. But it was a time where that not a lot was known about it. And it was. It was really quite the way the way they worded it on the documentary was before people were surrounding him, and then afterwards they ran away from him. Yeah, and it's very, very true about that about that disease is that back then, especially people were scared of you because mm-hmm. they thought if they shared a drink with you or whatever, mm-hmm. they would catch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, must have been a real scary time for him and for the people around him. I think it's.
1: like you say it's very indicative of the time that they were of they were living in. It's a. It almost works as a as an analogy for his life in general, though. Um, you know, he had a he had a tough upbringing. You know, he was he uh, he he dropped out of school at eighth grade and was was lying about his age to go into what we call these tough men circuits that would come around this that area of America, which were just bikers and hells yeah. angels and bouncers and stuff that would basically just get into a ring and have a fight. Yeah. You know, and he lied about his age and he was in those until he graduated. He went back to school, but until he graduated high school. Um, you know and he won all of them bar he won 21, 21 tough men fight tough man competitions he went into and lost them all and won them all sorry bar one yeah you know so he's had a tough upbringing yeah. um then had this success from from obviously the rocky movie won the wbo um world title at, the, at his second um second, second attempt, yeah. attempt against um george foreman. george foreman who um, would come out of out of retirement? And uh, this is
2: so George that. Foreman. He'd come out of retirement of grill but... free
1: of grill fame. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well but, George Formby is my mum yeah. calls him.
2: But after the uh, after this is this is prior to George Foreman then beating Michael Mora mm. and winning the lineal heavyweight yes. championship. So this was not a George Foreman. Yes, he was older. Yeah. but this was not a shot George Foreman. This was a George Foreman that would go on to win the heavyweight title of the world, the true the true championship. Mm-hmm. So it was, and his performance that night was exceptional. Yes. Uh, so it's he was you can see he was absolutely a quality fighter, and for that one night he put it all together. So again, he had this high.
1: Um uh, you know, and there's a great story on the, in the film as well about after he'd won the fight, you know, and, and, and saying to to Holden, say, Look, I'll be i I'm going back home, I'm gonna rest, you know. Uh and two days later they, they still couldn't find him. <laughs> you know, so again it it, it works as an, as an analogy for almost for his life where these amazing highs followed by Huge battles seen, that he's then, yeah. you know, having having to then deal with. Some of his own making and, and some and some not. Um and then and then the film goes into into looking at uh, you know kind of life post boxing and either is his battle to try and get back into it, yeah. Um and, and then it is battle with, with all sorts of other of other demons that then came along and um and, and different bits and pieces. But um it's a fascinating, fascinating watch. Yeah. Um and if, if you're a boxing fan or if you're not a boxing fan, you know, if you want to sit and watch this with the missus as I did, mm. um, you know, and she, she she was bawling her eyes out, you know, within twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> I, and I'm not afraid to say, I had a slight tear in my eye towards yeah. the end because it's 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 such a story of uh, boxing. Throws up these these stories of of guys and girls who come from areas of their country or areas of their social or economic background that gives you no chance almost in any other. Aspect other than sport hmm. so you have these opportunities of sports, and we see it in sport all the time when it comes yeah. to football, when it comes to basketball American football, anything of these guys making it and making it big, but in boxing, there is something slightly different about it because these guys are on their own, yes, and if if you're doing it and everyone and and you know, I'm sure Anthony Joshua has seen this his entourage, and the people that are trying to be around him all the time will just grow and grow with every fight. You know, and you know, we had we were very lucky enough to, to spend some time with Lawrence Acoli and so he was at the start of that journey. Yeah. Um and, and if he still continues to knock people out and win fights, you know, he will he won't be training, you know, where he trains, which, yeah. is, which is a great place. But yeah, you know, as things grow and and in, and, and get bigger, he will he will move on. But if he takes a devastating one round loss, yep. then it could all arguably all disappear in an instant, and you're back to where you were. Yeah. Um, and I and I, I think that's why boxing is a bit different, and it's what's it always fascinated me about this sport. Yeah. Um, I really don't think there's any other sport that has the stories that we have yes. um, yeah, in this, but that's what makes it so different. So, like I said, you, if you want to be able to watch this with, with if you're not a boxing fan or you want to watch it with, with non-boxing fans, yeah. it's perfectly relevant. There's nothing in there that's no. going to get boring or anything like that. It's It was... Fascinating from minute one to yeah, absolutely. The, the, the thing about the the ESPN the ESPN document thirty for thirty yeah, let's all because it's it's a relative. It's not new to me. I obviously, I yeah. know what they are, but um, you know, you've just handed me a DVD when we walked in of, of a collection um, of, of of a thirty for thirty.
2: So just explain what it is and, and yeah, and what they people started doing them about that. five years ago, and it's it's just store it's sports stories basically this from ESPN from ESPN yeah. make them, and the thing is about ESPN they have such a catalogue of sports. Uh, I remember seeing an advert when... Do you remember when we had the ESPN channel over here? Yes. Uh, I know we have it now with BT Sport, but it yeah. was it was its own channel and they had Premier League football. It was part of Satanta, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I remember seeing an advert. It said, every time a sporting event finishes, it becomes part of our library. Mm. And I think they must have some sort of deal where yeah. they get everything. Mm-hmm. And so because they have this vast library... Uh, they're able to to make to create these stories and put these and tell these these fantastic sports stories, and you don't have to know the sport to no. really watch it, enjoy it. One of my favourite ones is one called King's Ransom, mm-hmm. uh, and it's about it's about uh, Wayne Gretzky, the ice hockey player, yeah. and when he when he left, I think it was the Oilers and went to the L.A. Kings, mm-hmm. uh, which was a huge deal at the time because it was like Harry Kane going to like Man City, and it was just like this. How it was so... I think you might... Don't been, joke about that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But something like that. This <laughs> yeah. guy, this legend that had played for this... This franchise for such a long time, his hometown franchise, and then goes to the big city, hmm. and uh, it's a fantastic documentary. And there's so many good ones. They did the one about. Uh, there's another one called Muhammad and Larry, which is about the Muhammad Ali Larry yeah, Holmes fight. I was going to say, is there any other boxing ones that you think other people should, should, should the really watch? The Muhammad and the Muhammad and Larry is great. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's about the you know the Muhammad Ali Larry Holmes fight, and it, it talks it. You have there's a lot of camp. It's almost like twenty four seven, but going back in time. Right. Okay. There's a lot of stuff from um, Ali. And uh, Larry Holmes's training camp, especially Ali's, and you you see watching it that in the build-up, how did they let him get into the ring with Larry Holmes that mm. night? Because his voice was going already when he's in training. Mm. He had a slurred voice. He was soft round the middle. He was really slow when he was speaking. And and they, it's a great documentary. It Tells a great story for of what it's a really sad fight.
1: The Ali Collection, by
2: the way. On that note, the Ali Collection that you can
1: get. Yeah, the ESP and Ali Collection is, is kind of a, a is a kind of six box set of kind of his thirty for thirties on 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 six of his kind of best fights in inverted commas, um, which is great as well. Yeah. Um, it, which is worth watching. Um, so, like I said, we won't talk too much longer about it because I think we've given a yeah. in review. As you can tell, we <laughs> were very we were very impressed by it. Um, yeah. I watched it twice and I went yeah. bored.
2: I watched it twice and I was just like, "Yeah, this is fucking great."
1: Yeah, and, and I think. Um, like I said, if, if you're interested in, in the nuances of, of, of this sport and and the nuances of of, of, of fame, really, at, at that time in the 1980s America, uh, where there was still a lot of change happening um, and a lot of a lot of stuff that needed to change um, uh, socially as well as as well as probably in boxing. Um, then this is this is a great watch and uh and, and you can get it so where they can find it on there is on the espn app i believe on the espn yeah, app that's ready yeah. now
2: uh, i think i think eventually we'll end up over here on bt sports I'm yeah on because the, they all, all the favorite favourites end up on there but
1: we'll we'll retweet uh Once, and we'll, we'll tweet out some of the the links that we've that we've yeah. been seeing and, and rest of it and, and as far as i'm aware it's available to to watch through through particular channels now uh, yes. and we, we will tweet that information out yeah. for you and, and, and we really hope you enjoy it because because we really did yeah. um Okay, we're going to uh, introduce a new feature now. So, what we're going to do to try and uh, keep things a little bit fresh and, and to add something uh, different for your listening pleasure and for our <laughs> fun um, <laughs> is uh, hopefully each time we each time we record, we're going to ask uh, one of our contributors. Um, that might be one of us. Uh, it might be Flav, uh, who's been on the podcast before. It might be uh, Scott, uh, who who we did the Lawrence Coley pod with, who who, who works for Matchroom um uh mark butcher obviously from yeah. from boxing monthly and 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 a few other people that we were add along chris leaks hopefully have we asked him yet or not yet i've asked yeah oh, we've okay. asked him. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want him listening to this thing no shit, no yeah <laughs> no
2: uh, he's working on some ideas as we speak so we're
1: going to ask these guys to kind of come up with it might be a story it might be something that they've Trivia. read yeah it might be something that they've read that they've with their piss a little bit they want to get it off their chest so something for you at halftime to kind of have a list to something a bit different just to take away from our voices for that time and um and this week the first one up is mark butcher yeah. from from boxing monthly our uh, our, our resident writer well, i say more than a writer it's like an absolute encyclopedia of everything. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and hopefully it won't be long until until uh, we're actually getting back on the podcast but in the meantime you get to listen to this
3: I remember back in 1990, Boxing Monthly selected four young American heavyweights who might be giants, and potential rivals to a rising Lennox Lewis. There were Riddick Bowe, Ray Mercer, Bruce Seldon, and Tommy the Duke Morrison. All four would go on to hold versions of the world heavyweight title, and it could also be said, fell some way short of their true potential. Riddick Bowe was prodigiously gifted and a brilliant inside fighter, but lacked motivation. Ray Mercer had a fine jab and cast-iron chin, but also a tendency to sleepwalk through the big fights. Bruce Seldon looked the part, but lacked the chin and championship heart. Yet Tommy Morrison was arguably the most flawed of them all. Morrison often partied before fights and loved the lifestyle. Girls, drinking weed, were all part of a good night out and morning after. The purported grandnephew of iconic Western movie star John Wayne, Morrison was a good old Oklahoma boy, with the blonde locks, the looks, and a left hook to match. Starring alongside Sylvester Sloan in Rocky V, superstardom seemed all but guaranteed. The Duke was perceived as a modern great white hope in the heartlands of America, but had a tendency to self-destruct when he seemed on the cusp of something big. Many of us can relate to that, and that's why Morrison remains a fan favourite today, four years after his death from HIV, a result of that party-hard lifestyle. Morrison's horrific slow-motion KO at the falling fists of Ray Mercer will permanently be etched in the psyche, as well as his shock blowout against the modestly talented Michael Ben. But Morrison was far more than that. He had underrated boxing skills, as exemplified by his unexpected boxing clinic against George Foreman, that saw him claim the WBO heavyweight crown in 1993. Morrison won brutal Rockham-Sockham robot wars with Carl the Truth Williams, Joe Hip, and Razor Ruddock. You couldn't take your eyes off of him. He carried huge knockout power. Lennox Lewis, no less, called Morrison one of the hardest punchers he ever faced. Mercer even said Morrison punched harder than Lewis. Another boxing case of what could have been. But the Duke was, undoubtedly, one of the most exciting heavyweights of the modern era, and that's a legacy worth having.
1: So, I hope you enjoyed it. So, you know, Mark, uh, we could have asked Mark to talk a lot longer than that, I'm sure, but... uh... I think you'll, I think you'll find it. That was probably, that was probably worth every, every second of it. So, thank you, Mark, for that, and uh, and get back on soon, man. Uh, we can't wait to see you. Uh, so, like I said, we've we talked about the Tommy Morrison documentary, and uh, uh, but we got a bit more time, and we're here, so we thought, fuck it, we're going to talk about some of the other bits and pieces that are going on. So, um, it was a big weekend of boxing. Yeah, a lot of stuff was. going on. Yeah, um, it really, really so, it was. So let's, um, let's start in, um, over in the states. Yep. Uh, where it's Luke edible. Campbell. LA, sorry, yeah. And Luke Campbell narrowly lost to um to Jorge Linares. So that was one fifteen, one twelve, one fourteen, one thirteen, and one
2: um fifteen, one thirteen to Luke Campbell. Baffling card by Victor Lachlan there. Really was a strange scorecard. He scored the last round level, which was yes. really odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, first round I'm not a fan of level rounds at all. Um Why? I, I cop out. I think it's a cop out. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh the uh, amongst the sanctioning bodies, level rounds are quite frowned upon mm-hmm. because the idea, you have to score for. They want you to score for somebody because they want to make sure you're concentrating all the time. Mm-hmm. That's where it comes from. They want to make sure that the judges are paying complete attention all the time. So. And you'll notice that when the Sky guys, it'll be a Froch, a David Hay, a mm-hmm. Paul they'll score three, four equal rounds. Right. And it just smacks to me, you didn't watch. Mm. You didn't fully concentrate for whatever reason. You know, if, if I was Matt Macklin and you know, and, I, and his missus was, <laughs> was sending me pictures, <coughs> sending me texts, I wouldn't concentrate on a fucking fight either because <laughs> she's a worldie. I can't remember Come on, her let's, name. Keep, let's keep misogyny out of this. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's not... I'm not misogyny. She's a worldie. She is a worldie. Um, <laughs> yeah, go on. You know, so... But um, it's about I do for an early first uh, a level first round I can go with that They're okay. filling each other out. But that's it for me. Okay. A level last round, which was a clear Linares round, that was just it was really really left a sour taste. All right, well let's let's not talk too much yeah. about card
1: because it, it, the right result probably happened yes. in the end, and we're not you know we talked about cards and stuff a lot last yeah, week. Yeah, we did uh, yeah. the other fortnight. Sorry, and uh, so let's let's not let's not dwell too much on that. So. Um, well, let's talk about Luke Campbell first, because the news came out a couple of days after the fight that unfortunately his, his father, who had been ill for for a while, had, had passed away. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of weeks, uh, but ten yeah. days to two weeks before before the fight. Which, you know, our condolences go out go out to to, to Luke and yeah, and, and all his family for that. It, it's not a horrible thing. People say, oh, you know, has been in a long time, kind of expected. That doesn't make it any easier, no. particularly at the age he was at, and no. and you know, it's it's and, and him and Luke were obviously very close. So so that must have made it. Very very difficult. So I mean, huge credit to him for for even getting in the ring.
2: I I'll absolutely I, yeah. I, yeah credit for getting in the ring. A lot of people you know, a lot of people would have pulled out, and I don't think people would have blamed him if he had pulled out. Um, but he went in the ring and he absolutely showed that he belongs at that level. Uh,
1: yeah, well, it's interesting you see because we've we've had uh, I think there's been a lot of discussion about Luke Campbell. Yeah. Um, some frustration where perhaps people for felt thought and felt that he should be further along by this time. Obviously, he lost to uh, had a defeat against uh, Mendy, yeah. um, which you know was a real sucker punch. Again, his you know he had a lot of out I was say off field, out of ring distractions. Yeah, um, around those times, and 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 I'm, and I'm sure that he you know he's always said that he wanted that rematch again to be able to kind of right some wrongs, but. I mean, I, I, I said before the fight, and I, you know, I can't remember what we talked about on the podcast. Um, you, I think you did say. That, like, I, I said cost. that it would be a lot closer than I thought people thought when, yeah. so yes. so when this fight was announced. I want to get some of my chest, when this fight was announced. There was a huge amount of, the, you know the replies to, to Matchroom match room when it was tweeted or when it was Sky already. I can't remember who it was now. Yeah. Um, were this is ridiculous. It's going to be an absolute whitewash. He's going to get destroyed. He's going to get blown to bits. Uh, you know, outclassed in in every. Sense and every possible word, and that just didn't happen. And I said I didn't think that would happen. Not I, one because I felt Luke Campbell is 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 better than perhaps we thought. It just hadn't been given the stage yet, and a lot of people always perform better on on bigger stages. I think. Um, but also, I love I love Linares, but I'm not sure he's this absolute amazing world beater that perhaps we think. He's we've seen him go on the floor of, against Kevin Mitchell. Yeah. Come back fantastically. Yeah. We've seen him beat Anthony Crawler twice, which yeah. arguably Crawler was almost made for for Linares. You know, mm-hmm. very, you know lack of not a great deal of movement. You know, it's it it's done well, but he did fantastically well. And obviously, um,
2: who am I forgetting? Uh, no, he beat no, Anthony it, yeah. Crawler twice in a row. And now he's beat Luke Campbell in LA. Yeah, who
1: everyone was saying Luke Campbell was relatively
2: average. Yeah. You know, all right, Luke Campbell
1: perform better but do do, do you agree with me in any sense of that where but where Linares perhaps is great but when it comes up to the likes of Mickey Garcia hopefully yeah arguably to see what Um, happens but
2: he won't even be on that level Mike uh, we spoke about this in the group and Mm. I'm just going to repeat myself to the people that obviously aren't privy to these conversations um Jorge Linares I think a lot of people are in love with his style I'm in love with his style I'm in love with his wife. If as his well. face looked like a train wreck, <laughs> yes. If his would, he, face, would people like him as yeah, much? I think if yeah, <laughs> if he, yeah, if his yeah, if his face looked like a train, probably not. But I think people are in love with his face, and rightly so. But I think people are in love with his style. Mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm in love. with I love watching him as a fighter. He's a. He's so fluid. Yeah. Everything is so smooth and so fluid with him. Is he the best fighter in the world? No. Is he in my Powerful Power for pound top ten? No. But he's a fucking good fighter. Yeah. he he's a free weight world champion. He he's done it with without a machine pushing him. He's been with good promoters. Yeah, he's with yeah. Golden Boy now, mm. but he's not fighting at home every fight. He no. hasn't fought every fight in Venezuela. He's mm-hmm. had to travel every single time.
1: I'm on- not. I'm, yeah, and I completely. Agree. I'm not trying yeah. to take away from anything he's achieved. I think he's a wonderful fighter. And, and like I said, I was I've been very lucky enough to be ringside twice to watch him at close quarters and and and, and loved. Every minute of it, why yeah. say every minute? I didn't love it yeah, against Crawler, but I can appreciate it and respect it. Um, and every punch looks like, even to the body, when he throws those combinations, he's so quick from body to head. Um, and everything, everything looks like, even when it lands, it looks like it's landed properly. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if, if, if for anyone that has, has ever been in a ring, you, you know, you know when they're you can yeah. feel even even punches that that land and, and look look good don't always feel like it feel like anything. But watching him, you think, I know I'd feel every single that one hurt. of what of what he'd done.
2: Of what, of what he's landed on, yeah, um, and everything for purpose. Canelo's yeah, like that too, absolutely, and, and Golovkin. But Canelo, especially, everything he punches with purpose, and it looks like it hurts. Mm-hmm. And that's Lenares too. He's not he's not the hardest puncher. He's not the fastest, but he's a pure boxer, mm-hmm. and that's that's why people love him. And I think he's a quality qualifier. Campbell, like I said, he showed he absolutely belongs. I think I think what's a poll? We did a poll about um, who would win between Campbell and Crawler. Mm-hmm. I think it was the wrong poll. The right poll is Campbell and Terry Flanagan. Yes. Uh, who would, uh, that's a close fight. Who would you pick, Al? <laughs> if Terry Flanagan fought Luke Campbell in Liverpool, in Manchester or maybe, not, you know, yeah, in Manchester because Flanagan ain't going to sell it out anyway. Who wins?
1: <sighs> my head, my gut, my, my gut reaction is, is Campbell because I think, uh, because I think of hand speed. But, that might be because I've just watched Luke Campbell, and I've watched Luke Campbell a lot more times than I've watched Terry Flanagan. Because, you know, as much as I want to watch Terry Flanagan in some meaningful fights, I haven't been given the opportunity. He's on Fringe Channel. Yeah, um, I agree with you. By the no, way. not not like that, not necessarily just a fringe. Oh, yeah. Just because of the type of people he's fighting, and yeah. I like watching Terry Flanagan. But I
3: yeah,
1: I, don't know. I think I think I think this fight that Luke Campbell has just had, well, could I whether he won it or not, yeah. um, it is is a, a huge. It's gonna be a huge boost. For him now um, and it's something that he's going to be able to take experience from you know yeah. that type of thing um and if he's at that performance against flanagan against crawler um and against most others you know i'd say you know I'd say win so yeah i go i go with campbell i think campbell crawler uh i don't know it really does depend on i'm not sure what what anthony crawler is left now in yeah. terms of ambition and, and actually yeah want. it'd be interesting to see obviously we've got crawler burns in a couple of weeks so so we'll see but um yeah, so you think you think Campbell? I, as well? I
2: agree with you. I think if Campbell fought Flanagan, which I think is probably the the probably the two best lightweights in the country now, how uh, gutted
1: would Crawler be, right? If Matchroom and BT and Frank managed to get bloody yeah. Campbell and Flanagan on the card, it wouldn't. Won. It won't ever happen. That's well, look, why it's worth well, talking about. Well, I'm not
2: gutted because obviously he had two fights with Lenard. He's done. All yeah, right he's done himself. well, all right, for himself, but. That that fight should have happened, um, Flanagan and Crawler really. But I agree with you. I think Campbell. I think Campbell would beat Flanagan. Mm. I think Flanagan's really regressed since he won the title. He's had a lot of inactivity. He didn't look great against Derry Matthews. He didn't look great against Orlando Cruz, who's who never should have been in the ring with him. Never should have been getting a world title fight. Mm. I, yeah, I absolutely. I think I think Luke Campbell. He needs to. I think this is a good time now to capitalise. This he's just gone really close with Jorge Linares, who's a quality fighter. Get him back out again. Get him into a world title fight because he will win one. He yeah. will. He showed he belongs. He does. He, I thought. I, I thought he was going to get battered. Yeah. I said that to us. He's going to get battered, and mm. I thought he did because I thought that. I thought that. Did you score it? I thought it was one fifteen, one twelve, I thought that was right. Mm. I thought Lenares winning one fifteen, one twelve. The thing what Campbell did wrong is he started really slow. Yeah. He started and really slow down. and then the knockdown, mm. he's five rounds down. After four rounds he's five points down. Yeah. And then he won most of the middle rounds, but Lenares came out like a champ and just yeah. won the champ that's why they're called the championship rounds. Mm. He came out like a champ, won the championship rounds and got the got the W. And
1: like I said, although the scorecards were close, you know, yeah, one fifteen, one twelve it had to go, but you know, it was a one fourteen, one thirteen and obviously we 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 talked about the Victor Loughlin card. Um, uh, you know, you got to be wrestling a championship away from someone, and and you know, even if he hadn't have had the knockdown, yeah. I still, I still, I still wouldn't have had it for, for Campbell personally. But you know, speaking of, of you know of, of things needing to be ripped away uh, yeah. from him to kind of secure a result, yeah. um, what we saw on YouTube pay per view, yeah, uh, which I bought,
2: yeah, <laughs> I did buy it. You're
1: yeah. a better man. Than uh, me. Uh, I bought it in in Spain. I was in Spain. Trying to buy it and it was telling me I had to have a Spanish tax number to be yeah. able to buy it, so I had to, to go around the house with it. But I got there in the end. Um What was the stream like? Perfect. Yeah? Absolutely perfect. Just like watching a TV. Yeah, absolutely perfect. No the, lag? No. I thought the production was great. I thought um they
2: had they done it well, you know, we had Steeman and Barry Jones, wasn't yeah? it? Yeah, and, and then Jim Rose and Jim Rose
1: with, with um with Richie Woodall and uh Amir was Khan, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. We well, use everywhere the Um other than in a boxing ring. Yeah. Uh, which is
2: where he should be yeah well should he no, no. John I agree with you you should, fuck, you should retire I said he should retire you after, did after, you after said after the Canelo fight, fight yeah. yeah I don't know I'm inclined to agree with you now yeah. shit will get off the pot mate you I'm know? bored of him now yeah. oh, no I agree with you I just... I'll always watch him no I, lo- I, I, yeah. I when he first I was a huge fan of Khan I yeah. was a massive fan of Khan and when he won the title against Katelnik I was like wicked it was such a good performance Zab Judah yeah. wicked and that was his peak I've
1: enjoyed watching him get beat from pure yeah. entertainment. Yeah. but I've enjoyed
2: watching him get beat more. It was since since he since he lost to Danny Garcia. That's when it went. He lost the he lost to uh, Pete Lamont Peterson, mm. and I felt sorry for him because I thought he got job that night. Mm. But then he lost to Danny Garcia, and since then, and I spoke about this on a pod before, and people that have listened to all of them would have heard me say this. He's chased the money. He's tried to shortcut his way to a legacy. Mm. He's tried to have a couple of, have an easy fight. And then fight a, an elite guy, a yeah. Canelo, a, a Pacquiao, a Mayweather. He tried to just skip his way to it instead of earning it.
1: Well, if he had done the Brook thing much earlier? Did, oh. Then he would have had a stepping stone to do what and he really wanted to do. The, yeah.
2: the earlier that fight happens, the better chance Khan would have had. Hmm. You know that he would have been a, a better chance he would have had. But the more it went on, it was like the more it was like Brooks going to smash into bits. Even now, and Brooks Brooks Do you know what? it should happen now because I was talking to a mate at work, yeah. and I don't mind seeing two shot fighters have a route. No. I, I I get pissed off if I see a fresh guy fighting a shot guy. Yeah. But two shot fighters, fucking have it.
1: Well, at the other end of the scale, just yeah. to get back on topic, the other end of the scale of two young uh, and fresh heavyweights. Yeah. Uh, we saw on YouTube pay per view with Huey Fury and um, and Joseph Parker. Did you score it? I did score it. What did you score it? I scored it Parker by two. Yeah, it was about
2: that. I scored it. For, I was tweeting from below the belt, but I was mm. watching a not bought stream. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't the best. Yeah. Um but I scored it a draw, but I think I think it is what you like. I think Huey... it's what you like, but I think it's kind of like if you put a gun to my head I'm going to say Parker. Yeah. Parker was just forced the fight and was more aggressive, especially in the early rounds. I think those early rounds which could have swung it. Do you think do you it looked
1: very obvious to me from Peter Fury, who I have a huge amount of respect for. Yeah. Um you know, we know yeah, the Furies of a family are are a kind of marmite to a lot of people. Um, I love them. I, I love honest, them. Yeah. I think they're great. I think yeah, <laughs> you know you, I can sit and I can sit and listen to Peter all day because yes. he's very knowledgeable. He's relatively reserved. Yeah. Well, not in the press conference. In, the, in a Fury Fury. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. You know, because you look at John Fury yeah. for example, who was the complete opposite. Yeah, he ripped um, his shirt off at heart. And a And obviously Tyson, who was you know all over the shop. Bless him. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, it looked huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bless so him. He'll never fight again. No, he will never shame. fight again. It's such a shame. He at, that, at his peak, Tyson beats gently Joshua ten oh, times out of ten. I, I tried to have convinced. this conversation
1: with my with a, with
2: a family member right in
1: the car oh, yeah. yesterday. He just was like, "I don't, you know, not a massive boxing fan, yeah. but just couldn't understand." And I'm trying to explain why, and uh, and the more I explained, the more the more sad I felt that we wouldn't have it. But anyway, yeah. um, yeah, you know, so uh, it struck to me that that Peter Fury, who's who I respect an awful lot, he had. The game plan from Huey Fury was almost the same as what Tyson's game plan was against Vlad. Oh, okay. Yeah. You right. know, in terms of Yeah. boxing. Yeah. back foot. Yep. Yeah. Uh and ended a jab. Yeah. Throw the right hand when when needed, but you're going to you're going to you're going to move him around, you're going to make him follow you yeah. um and you're gonna, you are going to you pop off jabs, pop off jabs, use your footwork and, and go from there. And I thought in terms of that type of performance, I thought Huey did fantastic. He's a 23? Yes. 23 year old. Like, I thought in, the, the maturity in that performance, I thought was very good. I just think it's the wrong performance to be to be going out against Parker because it does make Parker look the aggressor. It makes him look like he's the one trying to win the fight. And you know, as much as they, they, they you know, Mick Hennessey was furious with with the judges after and said about, you know, said he was putting in an appeal and said they should be struck off and all the rest of it. You know, it, it's it is what you like with that type of thing. You've what you've done is
2: give two massively contrasting styles, and you've given the judges a decision to make. The thing was in the in the early rounds, it was he was popping jabs, but they weren't snapping your head back mm. jabs. And and I said, I, I tweeted uh, after the fight, this was Huey Fury's the fight of his life. Mm. This was the moment for him. This was where he could become world champion. Inverted commas. <laughs> this is where he become world champion, and this is this was his moment. And he boxed like it was an exhibition. Mm-hmm. He boxed like he, he. The thing, the difference between him and Tyson is Tyson Fury could find a, find a way to. different ways to win. Mm-hmm. He can outbox you on the back foot, but like the Steve Cunningham fight, he would get inside and get dirty and rough you up. And you saw none of that from Huey.
1: Does it show that they were very. that they were. no matter what they said or, or what we've really seen from Parker, that they were nervous about power?
2: Uh, what,
1: from Parker? Yeah.
2: Uh, no, I think f- because physically-
1: why, why why wouldn't you then go? You know what? Particularly in the later rounds. I mean, I, I can't remember. I can't remember. I'd had a bit a drink, but I can't remember. I can't remember Peter Fury going it. You know, in the corner towards the end, saying, "Look, you've got to throw more right hands." I think he said it. He afterwards, did say it. He did but, say it.
2: Okay, he said it in between rounds. You need to throw more right hands, and okay. he absolutely did need to throw more right hands. He kept throwing jabs, and it was. And when he did throw the right hand, it was landing and it was nice. Because he landed a couple of nice uppercuts, yeah. didn't he? Did
1: a nice little combination uppercut, which yeah. I thought was quite nice. Yeah. But he just
2: didn't do it enough. Mm. It was just really frustrating. And yeah, what he needed was like a Manny Stewart against Lennox Lewis against Tyson—a slap round the face and go mm. fucking get rid of this guy. Yeah. And it, he absolutely needed one of those conversations in you know around round eight, round nine. It's like right. You've moved him around. Let's start working him a bit now. Let's start mm-hmm. working his body over. Let's start getting in and start. And I just don't. You know, I just don't think he's that kind of fighter. No, I just don't think he is. I think he's a nice boxer. Yeah. I think potentially he could win a version of the title, but if I, I think if I was put money on it, I put money that he will not win the title.
1: I think Mick Hennessy afterwards, um, you know, he, he was livid, and I think what he was his argument was, you know, what's happened? What's happened to boxing? What's happened to being able to? So he was saying, all of, all of you know, the majority of Parker's punches were you know being blocked on the arms and stuff, and that shouldn't be being scored. So what he was saying, what's happened to the art of boxing where Fury is moving him around, popping him with jabs, not getting hit, or blocking everything on arms and and, and elbows and yeah. um, and with gloves and that type of stuff. So he's, so I you know, I wasn't worried. You know, he, he, I'm a I'm a promoter. I'm I'm so I'm naturally looking to see if my guy's yeah. hurt because you know he's. Practically family, you know. Yeah. Um. I'm and I didn't and I didn't see that. You know, stuff was getting blocked on arms and gloves. So any sympathy for that argument at all?
2: Not really. No. You've got. I, I don't like that whole thing. You've got to wrestle it from the champion. I don't like that. If you win more rounds than the other guy, you win in the fight. That's all that matters to me. But you've got. He didn't show that. He just wasn't aggressive enough. He just wasn't aggressive enough. He was just. But on that point of you about know, defense, for, for, no. no. So in terms of when stuff, in terms of scoring, if stuff is being yeah. blocked and yeah that's the not. Stuff, we spoke about this on the last yeah. on the last pod, and I said about effective aggression, mm-hmm. the, and that if it's if it's not landing, it's not effective, and you have to score defense too. But you have to talk about what's coming back the other way mm-hmm. and there wasn't enough coming back the other way from fury and yeah. that was the main problem it wasn't so much that Fu- Parker wasn't landing it was that fury wasn't either so obviously I
1: think what what added to it and again we don't want to talk about scorecards too much but part of what it was was so when they when they're doing a the score let's talk about it this way so when they were announcing it yeah so they had 114 114 and I thought okay fine I can that, was from, that. that was from the Brit- that was from uh, Terry O'Connell uh, no
2: Terry O'Connor
1: had it 118, 110. Oh, oh was it? Oh, okay. Oh, Moment. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, did I just say O'Connell then? You said that. Sorry, yeah. Marcus,
2: Ma- that was the ref. Yes, Marcus she is. O'Donnell. Marcus O'Donnell, sorry, yeah. Because um, they had to switch them, didn't they? Yes, they did have and to switch them. And it was Terry them. O'Connor who uh, t- Team Parker really, really didn't want, yeah. and he ends up scoring it super wide to Parker. So
1: it was 114,
2: 114, and then they said,
1: and the uh, two other judges scoring both 118, 110, and I thought Huey's got this. Yeah, because I, I did, thought if, yeah, this yeah. Gonna get, if this is going to get, if this is going to happen, this is the way the it's going to
2: happen. The would get it really wide. You're right. Yeah.
1: Well, and where we were, and all yeah. But um, and then when he said Parker, you saw the reaction of Parker's team. Were like Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was that. We I got got think away they away felt that it. they got away with it. And I think Peter Fury said afterwards to um, to James Elder, that um, uh, Parker's trainer even came up to that's that's a robbery. Yeah, that, um, You know, so uh, it, it, it's difficult. But like I said, those the 118, 110,
2: like I said... Too wide, yeah. but I don't think it was... The, the result of Parker winning, I think yeah. it was probably right. And it was very tight a lot it of It was rounds. very tight. Yeah. It's what you like. And the cards online on Twitter were all over the place. They were. Like absolutely. Canelo Golovkin, they were all over the place. Yeah. Um, but the majority of what I saw online was to Parker.
1: So am I a hypocrite? Because I thought 118, 110, I thought, oh, Chloe's close, trying to go either way. Yeah. On this compared to what I said last week of Canelo Golovkin, where I said it was a disgrace. Yes. Yeah. No. Because no. I, I thought no, like them this, this how was, can I justify it? This, <laughs> I mean, this it. was
2: really this was much harder to score than mm. Canelo Golovkin, much yeah.
1: harder. Um. So, like I said, hopefully, <coughs> Hughie will get another shot, and, and he will win a version of it because um, because look, British heavyweights, we want we want British heavyweights doing well, you know. Yeah.
2: No. I. And really we want to really encourage, be encouraged.
1: You know, at twenty three years old. You know, we yeah. know in that line of. Family, you know, we know we've seen how easy it is to jack it in even when yeah. you're at the top of the mountain, let alone on the struggle on the way up. So, um, what was fun was bad, man! we saw you and daughter destroy, um, Dmitry Kudrajashov Kudredy- uh, in, in the second round of the wb WBSS quarterfinal, yeah. Um, the production is great. I fucking love the production <laughs> WBSS. There's the spotlights all around it. Did he say
2: step into the light again? Cuz I fast forwarded yes. it cuz I recorded it and watched it in the morning. Yeah. So I fast forwarded it and I thought fuck I, I missed step into the light. <laughs> but did he say it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, It was yeah, oh, it was joyous. Um but yeah, it's great. It is g- really good production value. It's, it's doing is... really
1: well. They're doing really well. But and like the I said, fights
2: are really good. For for us for, for 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 boxing
1: fans like this, this, this is great. It won't make hardly any ripples in in any other round of around the fan. And I mean, Groves Eubank might, you know, yeah. that type of stuff, and you know, but and maybe a Anna Smith or Groves Eubank kind of fight. Nothing in the cruiserweight is going to make any ripples over here in terms of a casual no. market. But it's great to be able no. to have these fights. Nah, it? no, it's
2: wicked. The the cruiserweight is great for the boxing fan mm. um, to have these fights, and especially over here. That it's on the ITV box office channel, which yep. is f- channel four nine three, mm. and they're g- most of them are going to be free except yeah. for the ones that are involving British fighters, which yeah. makes absolute sense. Um, you got an idea on? Have we had a price on. I think, Groves a, Cox. I think it's a tenner. I think. I think That'd it's a nice. tenner. If it was well, a tenner, I can I'm be that. Able to watch it. Unfortunately, but, yeah. no, me neither. No, I'm going to be in New York, so yeah. anyone anyone in New York listening, if you know where I can watch the fight, let me know. Okay. I'm desperate to fight. But yeah,
1: so but Dodikos uh, in the second round. Landed an absolute monster to yeah. the to the left side temple yeah. of of um, uh, I'm just going to say Dimitri uh, <laughs> Dimitri and um, uh, and it was a, it was a strange shot wasn't it because it wasn't um, it wasn't like you know when you see it was spit flying out of yeah, mouth yeah, and yeah. chins and heads snapping yeah. back. it was kind of like if there was an off button to a human being yeah. that's where it would be yeah, just yeah, to the yeah. side of the temple in between the top of your ear perhaps and and and, and that side of the temple. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've been hit there before, nowhere near that hard, thank God, yeah. um, and with a head guard on. But it's um, it's you know, it, and it's it in terms of equilibrium, it, it just ruins you, and that and that's where it was, and it was a fantastic shot. But they went at it, yeah, from the first bell, didn't they? They did.
2: It was I I done a little bit of research on them both because i've done the preview for boxing monthly yeah so
1: if you've not if you've not heard of these guys before if you haven't seen the fight then 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 then, then youtube it and and watch the fight because it's 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 all action it's great but but give us give us some background then on on yeah so i'd
2: watched i'd watched a bit of both of them because i thought i didn't i knew of them and Mm -hmm. but i wanted to really to do to do the preview i really wanted to get an idea about styles and how they would gel and really went into it and uh Kudrish, um he he doesn't have the best defence, no. but he's an absolute monster puncher. Whereas Dorticoz is a, is a Cuban fighter, but much more aggressive mm-hmm. as a Cuban fighter than a Lara or a Rigondel. Uh So it was always going to be a fantastic clash of styles. But you saw from the, like you said, from the first, from the first, from the first bell, it was... It wasn't quite Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but yeah. it wasn't far off. They both just went for it. Mm. Uh, and then I remember thinking at the end of round one, I was like, are these two blowing a little bit? Yeah. I remember thinking, because Dauticos isn't ripped. No. Neither of them are ripped. Yeah. Kujushchev looks so. He looks he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. But they come out second round. I thought, this isn't a fast pace. They're not. They're not and they blow in a little bit. Yeah. And then, called uh, hits him with a, a cut, it's almost a cuffing right mm. hand. It doesn't yeah, land, Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, sorry. It doesn't yeah. land completely flush. It lands, He's, it's half blocked, but you can see it bothers him. A, it bothers Kudryashov a bit because he steps off and he keeps his guard up, and you can see he's a little bit of thinking. Oh, he's a little bit buzzed there. And then Doughty lands the follow-up right hand temple, and he's gone. It's like, like you said, it's like a, it's like a cyborg got hit with a bolt of lightning because the look on his face when he when he <laughs> half gets up, was like, he's like, it's like all his circuits are scrambled. Yeah. You know, he just looks completely baffled. What am I doing here? Yeah. The look on his face was hilarious, and they just, and it was a. A fantastic, fantastic knockout, and uh, a great, uh, you know, a great start to the cruiserweight tournament.
1: Yeah, and uh, like so, um, I'm not sure what's next, but we'll. Uh... It's a uh, Bredis Perez.
2: Oh yes, because was it the in today? It was the in today. Yeah, yeah we're weigh today. It's on ITV Box Office Channel Four Nine Three this weekend. Cool. Uh, similar sort of time, half two in the morning. Record, have a look, record, and watch it in the morning yeah. with, with your crumpets. That's yeah. what I do. Um, so yeah, no, that's going to be great. That's going to be a really good fight. Be interesting to see what Mike Perez looks like at cruiserweight. Yes. Uh, because he was I one of the uh, I saw Mike Perez box in Prizefire as a heavyweight. I went and watched him. Uh, oh right, on the at, same. It what, was at the, Ali Pali yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah. years ago in Ty field. Uh, I remember you talk about it, yeah. And uh, when you talk about chinny bangers, mm. Ty field is your classic chinny banger. Mm. He's like something like 50, 56 and six. All of his knockouts are, all of his losses are by knockout, and yeah. most of his wins are by knockout. Yeah. So he's just a classic chinny banger, and yeah, Mike Perez ends up winning the tournament he was really aggressive and really uh really um a breath of fresh air for the heavyweight division and he just kind of went off the boiler bit. he lost to pavetkin but pavetkin yep. was you know he's based over here isn't he he's been based in ireland mm. for a while yeah. he's from cuba as well but he's been based in, uh, based in ireland for quite a long time so we have an interest in him over was here he ricky, was he with ricky Hatton at one point i think he was yeah. yeah i think he might have been uh promotionally you know. yeah yeah i think he was mm. yeah um yeah, but he, he won prize fight and he never really picked up. He had some fights in America. I think he drew with Bryant Jennings and uh, he had the unfortunate fight with the guy that ended up in the coma. I can't yeah. remember. His, he had a really long name. I can't pronounce yeah. it. Um, but no, he's one of those fighters that it's going to be interesting to see how he looks at Cruiser um, because he looks great. Mm. Like aesthetically, he looks wicked. Mm. But um, how he performs at that, he's going to be boxing at a world championship level in his second fighter cruiser, and his first fighter cruiser was against a fucking PE teacher. It looked like he was like, yeah. terrible. So it'll be interesting to see how Perez looks. It's really a crapshoot for him.
1: I hope he does well because he does. He, he's, he's, he's I enjoy watching. He's him.
2: exciting, isn't yeah. he? He's aggressive and he just throws punches and he can bang
1: them. And that's what we want in this, in this tournament. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of what happened over the over the weekend. So there was there was a lot going on. Um, there, there's a few bits coming up now in the next couple of weeks. but uh, We're not going to talk massively about. But just letting you know, we're not going to do a um, prediction league this week. Um, but we're going to do, do a triple header next week. That'll be Groves, Cox, uh, Eubank, um, Yildirim. Yeah. Is Yildirim. Yeah. Yildirim, no, Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Crawler, Burns. Yeah. Uh, so I've got Groves,
2: Eubank, and Crawler all fighting. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Hell, did you think <laughs> <finger laughs> that. This is like my holy trilogy. <laughs> so, you know? um, as we, we're not going to record again before this. No. Pick now. Who? <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, Groves. Like rounds and
1: everything. Okay, so Groves... Uh, uh, Groves, I am think Groves stops Cox late, right? Tenth round, okay. Similar to um, to how he won the belt, okay. That sort of that sort of performance, yeah. Um, Eubank will start fast, fade, but take it on points, okay. Yeah, cause he's, he's got no power. up put super middleweight. I'm not I'm not convinced okay. so he can he can he's gonna be he barely knocked anyone out at middleweight. So yeah, well he did, but not yeah, fast yeah. you know. And in crawler burns. I am. Um, I really am. St- <laughs> I really am stuck because I think
2: where is it? I've never.
1: I haven't watched a Ricky Burns performance and gone. That was fun, or not fun, but that was impressive for a long time. Even when he won, when he won the belt, his latest belt. Um, no, that was no. You're right, Derroka yeah, against De Rock I mean, derocco was no. He never place. should have been in a world title fight. Yeah. That guy. So it was hard to kind of judge. Whereas I think crawler has just been in the ring with an, with. An Elite or quality well you said he was shit a minute. Oh, no, I'll, I'll say elite now I'm talking about crawler. Um you know an elite fighter. But you know, two in gone twelve rounds with, with these two guys, I I think crawler's coming in the back of it with better I think- preparation and better kind of recent recent um experience. So I'll go crawler I'll go crawler points.
2: Yeah, I'm okay, I'm gonna do this in reverse order because we're talking about crawler now. I think crawler is the fresher of mm-hmm. the two. I think Burns has been a shot fighter since the Crawford fight.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure what Peter, uh, what um, uh, Sims? what Sims can can. No,
2: can he's really not going to make him better. Yeah. Uh, I do, I don't. Maybe not completely shot. He's not James Tony shot, but he's not. But he, he's saying that what could Gallagher do with, with Crawler now, really? No, no, it's nothing really. Uh, no, he's not. It's just about you're getting him in shape to a point. You get them to a point, and then it's just about getting them in shape. Mm. Kind of like what Frampton said. So we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Frampton said, "Hold it. on a minute,
1: is this all on the same weekend?"
2: Yeah, is it really? I think so. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna miss them all. I cannot believe. Oh no! I think Groves is Groves the follow. Groves is the following week. I can't Groves is on the. 14th. I know I miss Groves. Eubank, sorry, Eubank and Crawlers on the same week. <laughs> Groves is on the following week. Yeah, so well, that's is,
1: is, is that the seventh of October? Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, we'll cool. check. This. Sorry, this is no. This is it, is, a it is no. It air, is but fine. Yeah. It's
1: fine. Yeah. Oh, you know, I can't believe these free and uh, the rest of it. This is this is like my wet dream. Yeah, my free. If they all lose. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if they all lose, then I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. To
2: be to be fair, if, if Groves and Eubank lost, I'd be fucking devastated.
1: That would be shit. For, yeah. for you know,
2: talking about the the uh, uh, you know the WBSS, that, that's for the terrible. tournament would be yeah. terrible because Cox has got no name value at no. all. Yilderim is uh, you know a good fighter, but yeah. he, again, no name value. Yeah, um, I, yeah. But Crawler Groves, yeah. I agree with you. I pick Crawler. Mm. Probably by a decision. It's in Manchester, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and it's at his weight. Yeah. And I think he's the fresher, so I think he wins that. Uh, Eubank, I think it's going to be like every Eubank fight. I think he's going to jump all over him, mm. smash him all over the ring, but he won't be able to stop him because he can't punch hard enough. Yeah. But he'll win a wide decision. Okay. Or maybe stop him late, mm-hmm. ref or jump in kind of thing. Yeah. One of those. Uh, and then Groves, I think Groves batters Cox. I think mm. he stops in at about four rounds. Ugh. Yeah, I think...
1: I'd love to. I just think... I just think um, I get more more scared with every George fight because he's, he's not the same as it was. You no, know, he's not from De Gale. You're right. Um, he does. He's like, it's like it's a different about- fight. So it, it relies on Styles. Yeah, and you know I like Jamie Cox. Yeah, um, and I and I and I think he's got a lot to give moving forward. I think this is going to say a bit too early but they, you know they they know each other well they shared you know they shared rooms when they were you know not for GB but for England you know they were they they've shared a different weights but yeah. they were sharing they shared rooms so they know each other and, and Groves wouldn't have picked him if you know he he's going to be confident I think I think the weight I I think I think the weight will be a will be an issue for Cox um and I think you know George George balls down but he's looking great I mean I've seen saw a few clips of him this morning, you know, a bit interviewed and stuff. He looks fresh. He looks bright eyed. You know, yeah. this is the motivation he wanted, the belt, he's, you know,
2: he seems like, he seems like a different Happy person. again. He, he, what he said about, um, Shane McGuigan after the, when he won the world title, he said, I'm humble enough to admit that McGuigan makes me a better person. Yeah. It makes me a better fighter. Mm. And I think he's happier. I think he's content of himself. I think he's more confident than he's ever been. I think he's more sure of himself. Than he's ever been. Uh, we saw Jamie Cox up close in Sheffield, and if you remember, yeah. how when he boxed Lewis Taylor, mm-hmm. he was v- not impressive at all. No. I'm, I've not ever been impressed with him. Watching, of, do you watching think? I was going to say, would come too soon because he's not, he's not young. I though, just don't man. think, I just don't think he's at George's he's at level. Old, yeah, he's just not at George's level. Yeah, okay. George is a world class fighter, and, he's and not. I and I think
1: Cox has had from from the conversation that I think I I remember being said about was I think at, in Sheffield, and I think where they were talking about WBSS and 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 Caller had asked. Eddie Hearn on that night, you know, have you got any super middles? Yeah. Um, and whilst Jamie Cox was fighting, I was like, well, hold on.
2: what about Jamie Cox? And, and Jamie Cox has had a touch, really. He yeah, oh, absolutely. In this, you know? Yeah, he's going to get paid really well. Yeah. He's going to get a world title fight, and it, but it's the unknown. He's not boxed at this level before, so he could surprise us all. Yeah. I just don't see it. Um, oh, we'll can't, see. I can't.
1: be having that. Yeah. Um. Okay, a couple of other things to, to quickly note: Carl Franklin signing for
2: BT and Frank Warren. Wicked, isn't it? Yeah, really good. It's really, really good because Carl Frampton is elite. Mm. He's like, he may not, you know, he may not be, again, he's not pop, top 10 pound for pound. But he's, in terms of this country, or, you know, in this country, he's one of the elite fighters. Yep. He is up there. He's on like when Carl Froch was around. He's on that level. And puts on fantastic nights because yeah. of the following he's got. It will sell out in half hour. Yeah. It'll be great. And hopefully we can get a take Hopefully we'll
1: out. be there, yeah. I mean, um, he's, you know, the decision to go with Frank... Uh, over it's over any turn was brave. Isn't was, it? Well, is it though? Because I mean, you know, I think I think looking at, it, I, I sat and thought, you know, I fully expected him to go with Matchroom. I did too, yeah. But then I thought, Frank's probably offering more money. Yeah. Um, and at this stage of of Carl's career, does it does it need to be about a vision that a promoter set out for him? Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. It just needs to be give me Belfast, uh, give me you know uh, Belfast or Windsor Park or whatever um a big fights against whoever it might be Santa Cruz if they can get him again I think yeah. is what they want you know yeah. I'm not sure why I, I really want to see that again but um but you know who who's gonna give me the best money on the nights that
2: I want to give me my yeah. legacy and my fun almost for his last what two free fights I think it's important to know as well that he signed with MGM yes and they' obviously have a big influence in the boxing world mm. so I think that's almost as important Signing as as the promotional one, the promotional one is as much. It's about shows and it's about putting on being on TV basically. That was the whole point of signing with Frank. It's having a face to put at the front and promote the fight and to put on the show to provide an undercard.
1: It's great for competition as well, isn't it? Because we've got, you know, it's it's fantastic because this is it it, it enhances. You know, as I'm sure as much as, as as Eddie Hearn will, you know, will probably be very gracious about it on the Facebook. I bet he's gutted because it's an easy box office, it's an easy sell, yeah. it's fantastic numbers in the arena. Yeah. Um but for British boxing and the health of British boxing, we need people
2: like this to be going and signing for BT and frank Yeah and BT have I've been really impressed with BT. Their their production values are great. It's taken Frank Warren and his fighters onto the next level mm-hmm. and it, it is it's you're right. It's good to have that it's good to have that competition in the country so I think it's really good I think it's really good for BT especially and for Box Nation
1: get rid of the inner inside arena brawls yeah if (laughs) if people can
2: start fucking behaving themselves and just watch boxing you know god I had my Tottenham phone case on the back and everything I was shit in the bed (laughs) (laughs)
1: we're talking about after the the Byfield fight yeah uh, with the West Ham lad, I forget his name now. Yeah. McNess. Um, McNess, yeah. there was, was a yeah. huge amount of. I've never seen anything
2: like that before. That was a riot. That yeah. was mental. But there was a little bit of bubble, wasn't there at the Billy Joe Saunders fight. A little well. bit, yeah. A little bit. That needs to come on. Come on, chap, stop it. Yeah.
1: Um, I think so. Oh, and then we had a little bit of news today on the 17th of December. Yeah. On a Sunday, is Tony Bay with David Hay rematch. Yeah. So we talked about it last week. Yeah. Um, Strange, close to, so very so close to Christmas it's, and on a, a Sunday pay per view. It's yeah.
2: brave, isn't it? Yeah, to, to is it? Though? I
1: actually think about it. Is it because they probably did massive Christmas. numbers? Yeah,
2: um, I think they think it sells doesn't matter if you put it on Christmas Day. They probably think it will sell. Yeah, you know. Um, no, do you know it, it, it's, it probably is a decent time to put it on. It's, it, he has pay per view. You know, obviously Eddie Hearn has box office dates that he has to fill or slots that he has yeah. to fill, and. This is a good any. It's a guaranteed sell. It's usually earlier in December though, isn't it? Yeah, I was just surprised at how late in the month it is. Also, I it? think it's probably to do with hay and getting fit. I, I think I'm not convinced his body holds up again. No, I, I'm 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 a converted. I don't want belly to, white. I do not want to hear another monologue about how much you love Tony. No, 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 I'm you. not going to. I do it. not, and I, I
1: don't. don't. And a part of me, and he does it to wind tea up, but um, <laughs> he's uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm interested to see it again because. You know, in, in terms of jeopardy for both fighters, yeah. you know, it's either David Hay, just go for the love of God, go yeah, yeah. if he loses again. Yeah. Or it's Tony Bell, you probably get in, you know, if he can fight a, a, a fit or even a relatively fit David Hay yeah. then probably gets more of the credit that he feels he hasn't got for the first
2: fight, which yeah. is understandable. We've yeah. um, seen ticket prices. I looked at VIP because I knew you wouldn't go if it wasn't VIP and they were grand. Well, I wouldn't go. To, it was I, grand, two, grand, four I don't want
1: people thinking I only go for VIP. I don't, It's true. I just,
2: I, mean, I just like to be close. I like to be close. No, There's I agree to with, with you. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. It's, it is nice to be How close. How much different was it in Sheffield? No, it was, right I, was ta- I was talking about at work today. Yeah. I was telling them about Sheffield and it was great not only to be close and watch everything close yeah. but it was good to mingle with the other Boxing Monthly guys. I don't get to see them much. That and, it, and, well.
1: and also, you know, we've, we've, we've spent 80 quid for Joshua. In yeah, to
2: sit in a nosebleed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and no, absolutely. Shit. And yeah. And I no.
1: swore to myself, never again am I sitting that bar well, right. up. But anyway, um, yeah, the ticket prices are big. So really, no matter what no matter what you say about Hay, excuse me, <clears throat> what you say about about David Hay, he's the one driving those ticket prices. Oh, yeah. I think Inner Ringside started at a grand and went up to three grand. Yeah. You know, there's no 40 quid option. No. Um, just go straight to 60, 80 and, and above. Um, in the O2, which is, which is un, unusual in the O2. Yeah, because you, you normally get some 40s, didn't
2: you? You normally get some 40 quid tickets. So
1: I would say that's probably come from Hay. Um, yeah. But you fighting anyone else doesn't do those ticket numbers. No, 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 it doesn't. Those ticket no, prices. No, so, he doesn't, so he's still got poor, he's still got value, has
2: David Hay. And they can obviously recognise that. Absolutely. And th- it's, there's a great story there mm. from the first fight. Because... I still believe if the Achilles hadn't gone, he'd have beat Bellew. Mm. Maybe not knocked him out. Maybe knocked him out late, but I, I thought he was outboxing Bellew comfortably. He had a wild first round. I thought he was awful in the first I still round. haven't watched it.
1: I can't bring myself to watch it for some reason. Because <laughs> you much, love Bellew. Because as much as I like Bellew, yeah. um, I don't know, it was weird. It's just, some part of me says like... Ugh. It's, imagine it's, what he was like afterwards but on the know, night it was, was like was humble, amazing yeah.
2: on the night it was absolutely amazing just because of the drama mm. and that's what's going to set up the rematch is that we've had this we have this unknown now if hayes 100% can he do it yeah. i don't think he'll ever be 100% ever again um, There's rumors about his knees now i just don't yeah i just think his body just can't hold up anymore well let's see i, I hope yeah for the fight, we'll for the fight you know let's we hope will, let's hope he's yeah. as fit as
1: he can possibly be yeah
2: uh, anything else Not really. No, not really. (laughs) Well,
1: uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for uh, continuing to download. Um, Review us on iTunes.
2: That would be fantastic. That would be wonderful.
1: I had a little read of some of them, you know. Oh, I haven't read them yet. They're so bloody nice. They're 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 so so bloody nice. nice, Did anyone mention me? No. Yeah.
2: No. Do you know what one of them said? Start doing it a bit more often, you bastards. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Well, that's the plan. We're trying our best.
1: We're busy, man. It's busy, busy. Um... Yeah, so follow us on Twitter at below the belt underscore Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash B2B pod. Uh, you'll put the Prediction League out at some point. Just standard. I will to make do, do this. I will do it. And uh, we will tweet about that. And if you want to get your friends involved with Prediction League, just because you've missed one or two, doesn't matter. Um, you know, get get back involved. Couple all you, of- you got to do is get a draw and you'll be top of the league. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, get as many people as we can. We've got a really nice number this year, but as many people as as we can, it always makes it a bit more fun, a bit yeah. more, a bit more of a competition. So that's that's great. Um, uh, so like I said, we're and we're gonna we're gonna let you go, and we'll hopefully be back in in a couple of weeks. We're gonna close with a with a quote that came from the Tommy Morrison documentary that we thought was was very very apt of of perhaps why we why we love this sport and why. Uh, it throws up the stories that it does and, and the yeah. stories in which you can watch when you um, when you watch the SPM 30 by 30 documentary on Tommy the Duke Morrison. The boxing ring looks such a small area, but it's bigger than you or I will ever know. Lives change in there. Tommy the Duke Morrison.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.